Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. Our motto, keep it real. Here to keep it real with us this week is Sloan Elizabeth, better known by her Instagram following as Kale and Cravings. Um, Sloan is a talented chef, wellness coach, entrepreneur, author, podcaster, yogi, um, and overall awesome person that I am so glad I've been able to follow along. Um, She supports people on a variety of different health journeys to become their best selves through nourishing nutrition, movement, and overall just lifestyle changes changes and refocuses. Um, she is also a recent graduate of Vanderbilt University. Congrats to Sloan. Um, and we are so excited to have her on the podcast. Sloan, welcome. Thank you, Morgan. You're so sweet. Yes, that is me. <laughs> Accurate description. <laughs> I do a lot and I love it all. And I'm so grateful to be here, chat with you. And I'm super excited to see where this conversation takes us and to engage with all of your listeners. Me too. Me too, Sloan. Truly, thank you so much for coming on. And um, I gave kind of an intro of who you are. But um, if you'd like to, in your own words, I, I think our listeners would love to learn about a little bit about yourself. Totally. So I'm 22 years old. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I started my Instagram and business my like sophomore year of college, going into sophomore year that summer. So I've been doing it for over three years now, which is kind of crazy. And when I initially started it, I mean, this is so cheesy, but I never knew that it would get me here. (laughs) And I didn't anticipate it becoming my career, but it totally has been. I just graduated and I was traveling all summer. I'm actually getting on another plane tomorrow, which I... Yeah, super fun because I am working for myself. I am doing business online as a coach, author, speaker, and now yogi. And so I can work from wherever, which is really fun. And basically my mission is to help women specifically with self-love. So I try to guide and give resources and coaching so that women can live an unapologetically comparison-free life so that they can feel amazing in their own skin, truly have all of the love that they desire, deserve, want, and just live their best lives. So I do that through nutrition, mindset, manifestation, movement, Mm -hmm. yoga. I kind of incorporate it all so that I can help people live a more heart-centered life in all realms of their life and their lifestyle. Very cool. Thank you so much for giving that full circle explanation um, because it really gives us a picture of of where you're coming from. And I think the thing that stands out for me the most is that you started your business and you began and, and launched on this mission the summer after your freshman year in college, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a time of so much transition and so much newness. Did you Did you go into college kind of with these ideas and and this kind of mission for yourself already? Or how did that kind of come about while you were in school? So I initially started Kale and Cravings as a food and nutrition platform. And I'm actually, you're seeing me in a very big growth phase right now as I've graduated, a lot of things are changing. And right now is when I'm changing my perspective to more of a self-love manifestation lens. I still love nutrition and I intend on going to get my master's in holistic nutrition and become a holistic nutritionist. But I've just seen through the work that I've done with my clients that mindset is number one. It really is the key to everything. And I will never ignore nutrition or movement, but I just feel like there's a hole Mm. in the market and in the media and it's starting to get talked about, but I'm a big self-love girl. So when I did start my Instagram though, I had always been pretty into health, working out and cooking in high school. I actually had a baking business in high school. Okay. 
It was called Sloan's Sweets and Treats. It was so freaking fun. And actually, quite often, I get asked by my high school friends to just ditch kale and cravings and bring back Sloan's Sweets and Treats because they were like they were so good. I also have always been very entrepreneurial. That was like the tenth business that I quote started, and it was the first one that really actually took off and made gotcha. some money. But I would eat the desserts like I have such a big sweet tooth but then when I got to college and kind of senior year I just started you know looking more into all of these kind of weight loss fads because mm -hmm. they were everywhere especially in Los Angeles in magazines but also in juice shops because we've had juice shops forever and there are all these cleanses and girls would be on juice cleanses when they were in 11th or 12th grade. Wow. And I was just like, what is this? What's happening? At the same time, I started having some self-conscious thoughts and some body image struggles. And I went through puberty like super late. So it was literally puberty. Like my body was changing and I was like, I don't like this. What's happening? So I just kind of just started doing research and part of it I was definitely absorbed by all the marketing like lose 10 pounds in five days I was like all right like I know I don't need to lose weight but like what do they actually mean by that and like right. does it work because I've also always been a math science girl so I was just like kind of curious about how it actually worked which obviously now I know is like nutrition but also business and so <laughs> I went into college and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to like eat pretty much whatever I want. I've always, you know, I like eating healthy, but I'm not going to worry so much about it. I would bring my own avocados to the dining hall though. And I would do a, like a tiny bit of cooking in my dorm room. And I just came home from school and felt like shit. I felt so awful. And I knew that it was because I had been drinking a lot. I'd been eating a lot of cookies. We had this <laughs> company called Jake's Bakes. It's like insomnia cookies on the East okay. Coast, but where they deliver warm cookies. And, you know, everybody's birthday, we would have Jake's Bakes. And, you know, you have like 30 new friends freshman year. So you have to celebrate everybody's birthday, yes. which every week. So it was a lot <laughs> of sugar. It was a lot of sweet potato fries at the dining hall, a lot of veggie burgers. Uh, just a lot of processed food and yeah. I knew that food was like a big part of why I was feeling the way I was feeling so I had started following Rachel's Good Eats which is still one okay. of my favorite bloggers on Instagram and shut the kale up everybody loves them they're amazing women super inspiring and I was like I could do that so that's when I started my page and of course at the beginning it was more for me just to post my recipes put it somewhere but I've always been a leader, I would like to say and like to think. And I knew that people would be interested in what I was making. So I figured, you know, put it on a platform, have it somewhere that people can see. And then when I got back to school, sophomore year, people had told me that they were following me over the summer and loved what I was doing. And so I remember cool. being at a tailgate drunk and people were coming up to me and they were like gushing about kale and cravings I literally almost started crying I would have started crying anyway if I were sober but I was just like shocked that people had actually cared and that was kind of when I knew that I had something and mm -hmm. that I wanted to put more time and energy and love and a lot of myself into it so very cool how it started Okay. Okay. And it's funny because the last time I was at Vandy, did you do like a smoothie, um, like a uh, workshop at so one point? I, yeah. I for, Like for the KK Greenie? Yes. Were you there? I didn't. It was like the day that I was leaving. Okay. But I saw it and I was like, it's her. Because I've been following. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. So I had so much fun senior year. I'm so grateful for the people at Vanderbilt mm. because I was the teaching assistant for our nutrition course. Very cool. And so our professor, Professor Pope, 
basically was one of my first mentors in the nutrition world. And she connected me with our new dietitian, Meredith Williams. And Meredith is like so cool. If you go to <laughs> Vanderbilt and you've never talked to her, you should just go to her office. I adore her. And she was like, yeah, do you want to do some events? Like, what do you want to do? Let's do it. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, so we did an overnight oatmeal bar for free for the students one day where they could come and make overnight oats. And it was in the afternoon. So I was like, all right, now go to your dorm room, put it in your fridge and don't eat it till the morning. It was actually so funny. There were a couple of boys, of course. I mean, sorry, but like, <laughs> they're just not as smart sometimes. And they made, sorry, that was really loud on my computer. Start over. <laughs> they made their overnight oat bowl and then they started eating it and I was like why are you eating the raw oatmeal and they're like what like it's fine like this is fine and I was like no no it's, it's supposed to be overnight I'm like your stomach might like really hurt because you're literally eating raw dry oats right now but you do you do Anyway, the second event, we made 10 gallons of the KK Greeny the night before and we sold them. It was like on the menu as a special one day, which was like my dream come true. Mm -hmm. And it was from Meal Swipe and everybody was drinking KK Greenies all day. It was incredible. That is so neat. And, and, And like you said, it totally doesn't sound cheesy at all, but I'm sure you didn't see that happening when you started it. Right back in your freshman year. Um, I have so many questions that I'm going to ask you about balancing health, especially in college and all, you know, the entire mindset that goes behind that. Um, but my question is, you know, seeing you in your business right now, I get your emails all the time. You're on social media all the time. And obviously you're doing it full time now, but how are you able to balance that during, during, you know, your full college schedule? I know many of our listeners, even if it's not a business, they have something that kind of lights them up a little bit that maybe they're pushing to the side because they're applying to college or they're in school or they just have other things going on. Um, totally. How did you maintain it? Cause I'm sure there were seasons where it got really hard. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. First of all, I am not a fan of the word balance mm-hmm. because to me as a math science girl, balance infers that there is some sort of equation that you can have two sides that end up equaling one another, Mm -hmm. right? And they'll Mm -hmm. never be equal. If they are, it's only for a millisecond. And so instead, I talk about prioritizing. Mm -hmm. So for me, my blog Instagram business was always a priority. I also had other priorities though, of course, like my schoolwork and my social life and my own health. So I also am trying to stay away from the word busy, even Mm -hmm. though I did not have any free time. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it because I was busy. And a lot of times my friends would say, you're too busy or my boyfriend. And I was like, I know, but like, I'm fine and I'm happy. Like I'm Mm -hmm. in the flow of things. So there's a difference between being like rushed and stressed. And of course I was stressed sometimes, but I freaking loved what I was doing. And I am a person that I don't like naps. Um, I have trouble resting, which is something that I'm working on actually. Like people ask me, Oh, what TV shows are you working? Honey. Or what TV shows are you watching? And I'm like, I'm watching Grey's Anatomy season 15 because <laughs> I love it still. And I watch an episode a week. And, that's <laughs> and I'm not saying that like TV and movies are bad. Like I wish I watched more, but I'm just saying I had a lot of priorities and I just made time for those mm. instead of watching TV or just wasting time. We all have the same amount of hours in a day. And I just learned to utilize those hours really well. So for example, I would go to my favorite study spot when I had any free time during the day between classes, even if it was 15 minutes, I was doing something productive Mm -hmm. for Kalen Cravings or I was doing a reading or something, but usually 15 minutes, I'm like, all right, that's not enough time to like do any homework. So let me respond to my DMs right now, or let me 
do half of a blog post right now, something like that. So I squeezed the juice out of those 15 to 45 minute breaks. Like that is where the majority of my work got done, Mm. honestly. And then I also have just been someone pretty much my whole life who is not peer pressured easily. So if I'm exhausted after an exam and my friends are like, yeah, we finished an exam. Let's go out. Let's drink. Most of the time, I just want to go to sleep Mm -hmm. after something busy like that's or something exhausting. That's how I decompress. Alcohol doesn't decompress me. It like lifts me up or like stresses me out more. You know, it's like more exhausting. So I would just say no, or I would go to a pregame and then go to sleep. Like Mm -hmm. that was kind of my move throughout college. Like I went out enough and a good amount, but a lot of times I would just go to the pregame and go to sleep by midnight so that I could get that little hit of being social because I adore my friends and I like being social, but then I could go to sleep. So I've always really, really put my health, my sleep, and my own body and mental body above everything else so that I have the energy to do all these things. People would be like, oh my God, you have time to like cook for yourself. I'm like, if I didn't cook for myself, I wouldn't make it through the day. Right. That is, so, that is so, oh, yes. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I was just going to finish by saying it really is about prioritizing what yes. you want. People yes. say all the time, I don't have enough time. You do have enough time. You're just choosing your, to use your time differently, which is totally fine. Like the way that I operate and run my days is not going to be right for you. Right. You know, maybe they're similar, but there's something in there that's not going to be right for you. So you can't compare yourself to other people. You can totally gain inspiration but it's just about really saying, okay, what's going to be best for me right now and be a little selfish without hurting anybody, but just being selfish for yourself and, you know, putting those hours where you want them. So yeah, there were definitely times that like I didn't do as well on an exam because I didn't put all the hours in because I was putting the hours somewhere else. And like, for me, I was okay with that. I didn't want a 4.0 in college and I did not get a 4.0. If I had wanted a 4.0, my life would have been different, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't as important to me. Of course, I went to all my classes. Like I did school. I was super, super grateful for my Vanderbilt education. I'm obsessed with the school, loved it so much, loved my classes, but I could also see past Vanderbilt and I could see my career and I could see all these things that I was doing that were going to make a huge impact in my life and other people's lives. And sometimes that came above school. Right. And sometimes I had to explain that to my parents and be like, all right, chill. Like I'm handling everything. So it totally ebbed and flowed. Some weeks I was barely on Instagram and that was fine. And some weeks I'm, you know, on it, storying all throughout the day. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just about choosing, like, in that moment. Trying not to plan too far in advance. Just be like, all right, what do I need today? If it's different from what I planned, you got to just go with the moment. Right. I feel like this, with this concept of prioritization, like, you're circling around this idea of fulfillment. And for many of us, you know, in, in high school and also in college, we are, we are raised and we're trained to think that the metric of our success is our GPA. It's how we're doing yeah. in our classes or it's how many friends you have, or it's, did you get into that fraternity or sorority? Um, did you, you know, it, all these other external things. Um, and what we really try to bring forth in this podcast is that that's not for everybody. And, mm-hmm. and just because that's the script doesn't mean you have to follow it. And it, and it definitely doesn't mean that it's going to bring you happiness or fulfillment. Um, I always always say how when I, especially my senior year in high school, when I started prioritizing my health and my mental and spiritual well-being over school, I actually became a better student and like a more, a happier person. So I guess for the, for our listeners who maybe don't really know what their priorities are outside of class, Mm -hmm. um, outside of maybe applying to school or they're in school right now, um, because that's most of our audience. um, And, and, you know, they're just kind of going through the motions. um, What kind of recommendations would you have for them to maybe dig a little deeper and see if they have some sort of other passion or, or some other way that they want to just prioritize and live their life, even if it means stepping outside of the status quo, dealing with a little peer pressure and, and maybe totally. not listening to it. 
The first thing is just you like definitely do that. Definitely step outside of the status quo. And you know, you might get made fun of or questioned. I get questioned every single day, even by people who are like my biggest supporters. Like Mm -hmm. my parents are my biggest supporters. And still, even last night, my mom was like, okay, I just want to like understand better. And Sometimes I feel like it's judgment and then I just have to re-clarify or restate, like, please don't judge me. And then, you know, whether it's my mom, my dad, one of my friends, they're like, I'm not judging you. I just like want to know better because if you have a passion that maybe people aren't as informed upon, they might be confused and Mm -hmm. that can really dissuade people. A lot of people are scared to start the business, to quit their job, to go travel, to start an organization because they're scared of being judged. If you're always scared of somebody else's opinion, you're never going to do anything. Mm. Also, people actually don't care that much. (laughs) Um, You kind of have to realize that you're the one that cares the most. So definitely step outside the box, whatever box you're in, wherever you're stepping outside to, do that. But in terms of finding maybe a different passion or a different way to prioritize, I would always go back to your childhood. Like, what did you really love doing when you were little? A lot of people in college were like, I don't know what to major in. I don't know what job I want. I don't know what I'm going to be good at. Like, what's my passion? What's my, you know, purpose in life? And I think that there are a lot of ways to go about answering that. But I always say, what did you want to do when you were younger? Like, what, what did you say you wanted to be when you grew up? And for me, I wanted to be a mommy. That was all. I just wanted kids, which is hilarious. And I am sitting in my office right now, which used to be my playroom. And I just had all these baby dolls and I had a little Barbie kitchen and I loved nurturing Mm. and taking care of people. And then secondly, as I said, I was always thinking about like inventions or like businesses and new things. So, you know, you can extrapolate that to what I'm doing right now, but I truly believe that that like lines up and that makes sense. I literally take care of people all day long. I'm Mm -hmm. kind of like a therapist, TBH, when I talk to my clients. Sometimes I'm like, am I qualified to do this? But I am. It's fine. And so I, you know, found my passion in cooking and creating. Mm -hmm. I've danced my whole life. I acted and I sang and I need that creative outlet. So that's where I, you know, I cook and I bake and that's super creative to me. I do all of my own graphic designing and, you know, even when I'm creating like techie stuff, it's still like that creative muscle that Mm -hmm. I love. So that's how it aligns for me. And a lot of times, actually, I find that people want to help in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form, right? So even if you're like, oh, I wanted to be a veterinarian, well, then you're helping animals. You're helping others that, you know, don't have all the resources or whatever. Right. Maybe try volunteering. I think that that's a really great hobby that literally anyone can join. You know, there are so many options, especially in college. Yes. There's always hundreds of orgs that are volunteering based. So that would be maybe a really good first step to take. Or, you know, you can join an intramural sports team. All of my friends pretty much did either like a sports team or a dance or some sort of writing, creative writing. So if you're at school, go to the clubs, go ask your friends what they're doing, go and join a meeting and just see if you like it. If you're still in high school, maybe it would have to be, it could be a club, something at school, or just something else that you find in your community working with other people. Just volunteer your time in a field that you're interested in, and I think that that's a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. And if you decide that you want to reprioritize, like we were saying, and spend more time on that and less on what you're quote supposed to, then, you know, just start with baby steps, start spending more time there. And if you get any sort of resistance from your friends or your family, just explain. I used to get way more defensive whenever my parents especially were like, what are you doing? You should be doing this. I would just be like, you don't understand. You don't get it. Go away. Right. And that's just not a mature way to have a conversation. And at the end of the day, like, It's not that I want to be right, but I want them to support me also, and I want them to understand. So, you know, it takes 
having that open conversation and saying like, well, this is something that I'm really passionate about. And this is why I think it's benefit or I see the benefit in my life. And, you know, I want to prioritize this and school or work or whatever. And, you know, let them know that you're not trying to waste away anything else that you are supposed to be responsible for. I think a lot of times people see it as an all or nothing, Mm. you know, like, oh, you're, you know, starting a new soccer club for the kids in your neighborhood. Well, what about your homework? you know? And so you could say the homework yeah, will like, always be there, but these opportunities to like step outside of the box and, right. and follow that little voice inside of you that's telling you totally. to do something different. That's something you can't, and you don't have to, back. you don't have to like never do your homework again. Like please do your right. homework, you know, Just find, <laughs> you know, work smarter, not harder. That's mm-hmm. a motto that I love to live by. Find the time to do the homework in those 15 minute gaps, you know, and that doesn't mean that you have to like jam pack your schedule and make yourself so busy. Like, you know, you can still have time for everything that you want to do. I really believe that. And if you feel like you're overwhelmed and you don't have enough time, then everything that you're doing isn't necessary and you can cut back. I've had to cut back a lot, you know, throughout college, I had to drop orgs that I had like exec leadership in Mm. and that was super hard. And in my business, I am starting to outsource more and it's hard to let go of that control. Um, if for somebody that feels like they're too busy and they don't know how to reprioritize their time, make a list of everything that you're trying to get done in a day. Mm-hmm. You'll be blown away by how much you're trying to make yourself do. And then you can see, okay, what do I actually need to do? What can I do once a week? What can I do every other day? What can I just cut out? Right. I did that this summer and I was like shocked by how much I was like how much responsibility I was giving myself and how much pressure I was putting on myself Mm. to check off that entire to-do list in a day. Like there was no way it was possible. And I realized that they just weren't priorities anymore. They weren't important. So I was able to like visualize that because I'm a visual learner and reassess. So those are a few tactics for like, you know, finding something else to do, dealing with reprioritizing. And then if you feel like you have too much to do, how to take a step back. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. There there is so much insight in all of that. And I think, you know, the reality is that people close from you and afar, they're always going to be judging you. They're always going to have an opinion, whether your entire focus is school and getting that 4.0 or school and your side hustle and your, like, there will always be people every single corner to present their opinion, which is great. Listen to them. Um, but you can either choose to let those opinions kind of define your life um, or, or you can choose to start, start choosing which ones you listen to and, and start making 100%. the calls on your own. Totally. And I think, you know, my hope is that our listeners being in high school and college, that they can learn that sooner, that they can yeah. learn that as soon as possible so that just like you, they can start something really amazing very early on. Um, and like you say, that the people, the opportunities will present themselves to, to carry you forward once you take that first step. Um, totally. So, um, okay. I thank you so much. I would love for us to like switch topics a little bit because yes. I know that for many of our students, it's the beginning of the school year. They're heading off to school. And just like you said, like college is a whole whirlwind. There's tons of amazing food. There's so many clubs to get, get involved with. There's so much to take in. And I, I would love for you to talk a little bit from, you know, your expertise in, in nutrition, but also in mindset is that what, what are, what are some pieces of, uh, pieces of advice that you might give to a student who's literally just jumping into college and, and trying to navigate it all? Yeah. Um, Oh my goodness. Get lost in that first semester alone. (laughs) Okay. I have like so many things I want to say. The first thing (laughs) is that I actually wrote a book about this. So if you want all the info that I wish I could give you, but we don't have three hours to chat, I wish I did, um, then you can go on Amazon and just search Kale and Cravings with a K and you can get the book (laughs) and it's about 90 pages. There's 20 plus dorm room recipes, so you don't really need many tools or, you know, a kitchen. And then there's also chapters on alcohol and quote balance and explain why I don't like the word balance and friends and trips and parties. So get the book. The second thing is on my podcast, actually get the glow down. We have an episode coming out on the 13th. So I think it'll be around the same time. That's all about college. So again, if you want 
even more information, you can check out that episode on Get the Glow Down. Okay, the third thing, especially for our first year students, mm-hmm. college is so weird and unlike any thing you've ever done before. I was so confused and like freaked out until after winter break. Mm. Like it was just weird. And I loved school from the beginning and I'm so grateful for that. And I made awesome friends who I'm still friends with, like on my hall. Like I met my boyfriend the second day of freshman year, like stuff. But it was so weird. And I was like, what is this place that we live in where there are no adults? And like, we all work really hard. And then we all party really hard. And like, we're all kind of taking care of one another, but also like just met. What is this place? So the first thing I'll say is like, you'll feel the pressure from social media and from your friends and family to have like the best time ever immediately. Mm. And most likely you won't. And that's totally okay. excuse me (laughs) that is so okay and that's so normal so first get good at expressing your feelings and your emotions to anybody that you're close with whether that's your parents maybe somebody from high school maybe a teacher from high school or maybe you click with your freshman year roomie immediately and that's someone that you can rely on or you know your RA find somebody that you can talk with because it's gonna be weird mm-hmm. you know I don't want to say it's gonna be hard because I don't want to like scare anybody but it's gonna be weird and there's right. gonna be ups and downs so first like you know get rid of the expectations because you don't know what's coming. Even at the beginning of every single school year, I think I'm like, you know, I got this. Like, I'm a senior. No. Things <laughs> happen and things come yes. up. It's your support system. So find that and be comfortable being vulnerable and crying and asking for help. Yeah. That's the first thing. Um, and that's more of like a mental health tip. Right. The second thing with the food is like, unless you went to boarding school, this is probably the first time where you're living away from home and you're eating in a dining hall. Maybe you did that at camp, but like not for that long. And you know, you're not having home cooked meals and you're going to be excited that there's French fries at every single station. And you can have pizza for lunch every day if you want to also. Oh, and there's like cakes and cookies and cupcakes every single day like full-on cakes at least that's how it was at Vanderbilt what about those like waffles at uh is that Rand (laughs) yeah yes they're they have them in commons which is yes okay okay uh dorm area yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) this is kind of like sad and I should have gotten them more I think I only ever had one waffle because I also like loved the omelet station and I never wanted to sacrifice my omelet I mean I could not eat both but yeah there are waffles every day like how can you pull that with whipped cream and chocolate chips yum yes please okay so like I would just say allow yourself you know to explore that and to get excited and like to eat it that's fine you're not going to gain 15 pounds the freshman 15 is a total lie and a myth of course for some people sure that might happen but the average is actually like three pounds Mm. um which isn't even really detectable and probably it's mostly going to be from alcohol so don't worry about that the stress is what's worse for your health Mm. than the food that you're eating that's something that i believe in especially for people that struggle with any sort of stress or anxiety about around body confidence or nutrition, anybody that has disordered eating thoughts or body dysmorphia, the stress of it is mm-hmm. worse than that cookie that you're worried about eating. So the best advice that I can give you and how I like to coach my clients is to teach people how to be their own and trust their own intuition, mm-hmm. be an intuitive eater, an intuitive liver, liver, and be their own coach and their own advocate. Mm-hmm. And so anything that I tell you would be good inspiration. Like, you know, make sure that you're having healthy fats at every meal so that you're full and, you know, eat fruits and vegetables because your immune system is going to be down and you're going to get mm-hmm. sick more often and you're going to be sharing cups and all these things. So eat all of your vitamins and, you know, bring your own snacks to the dining hall. If you want to bring snacks to class in your backpack, I always have like a nut butter packet and, you know, I would grab a banana or something, or I would have a pack of nuts or I would have a bar or something like that. Drink enough water, carry a reusable water bottle with you. You know, these are all like great tips, but it's 
best if you can start to recognize that in yourself. So that's why I say, you know, I can't tell you what you're intolerant to or what's making you feel bloated or what's making you tired. All I can do is help you to get better at tracking that and mm. to be better at tuning into your own body. So that's why I recommend, you know, eat all the stuff. Yeah. Let me know how you feel after that. <laughs> and then we can dial it back, you know, and you can say, okay, so like eating franchise this many times a week is okay. But then once I eat it one more time, I feel like shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you can get to know that better. And I can say, okay, great. So I'll help to keep you accountable. But, you know, my goal is for my clients to not need me anymore. So I want people to trust their intuition and, you know, not give in to the peer pressure. Mm. Be an individual and be confident in that. If you are someone that, you know, can't handle going out four nights in a row, but you have all of these new friends that want to go... Like, yeah, that's a tricky situation. I would recommend maybe going out and not drinking one night. Wow, what a revolution. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Or, you know, just going to the pregame, making sure that you're drinking enough water. Please eat before you drink. Like, I'm begging you. Please eat before you drink and eat normally the next day. Don't worry about the calories that you, quote, wasted or spent or whatever. Don't save them up. Just, like, be a normal human. Um... And one of my favorite analogies actually for intuitive being in general, it's not just eating, is to think of a newborn baby. When babies are hungry, they cry and they eat. And when they're full, they stop, Mm -hmm. right? Like we, like our bodies biologically are very smart and they know what we need when we need it and how much. And then our smart little brains up there decide to override the system and go crazy and become really restrictive and too analytical. And it's so much simpler than that. So learn to trust that baby instinct inside of you. You know, if it's dinner and you're not hungry, don't feel pressured to eat dinner. Like I want everybody to, you know, eat enough calories and eat. But like if it's, you know, noon and it's quote lunchtime, well, most of the days I'm not hungry till like 1.30. So if someone's like, oh, do you want to get lunch now? I'm like, I'll come with you, but I'm probably not going to eat just because I'm not hungry yet, right. you know, and be right. confident in that decision. Don't be like, oh, well, everyone's doing it. So I have to do that. Yeah. And like you said, like college is, college is weird and it's weird in that it's one of the only times when you're surrounded by people who are all your same age, who share for the most part, very like similar, just you're in a similar like life stage and that makes it so much easier to give, to just give into that peer pressure. Right. And to compare um, yourself, like, yes. oh, her grades and her summer right. internship and her extracurriculars. And yeah, there's not a shortage of people to compare yourself to. Yes. So that's also something that I try to teach and advocate for. Again, like that comparison-free life because you have to realize, recognize, assess everything that you have around you. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is jealous of you. Like, can you believe that? Yes. Somebody else wants what you have that you're not being grateful for. Right. Everybody has abundance in their lives, no matter whether that's financial abundance or spiritual abundance or just like happiness. Truly, everybody has all this abundance that they can tap into if they want to. Some people don't tap into it, and that's their choice. But you have everything that you need around you and you can take other people's successes as inspiration. I always say that, you know, slap that on your vision board, but see how you can apply that to yourself, you know? Right. Oh, she's, you know, the new president of the volleyball club. Okay. Well, do you play volleyball? Do you want that (laughs) actual position? You know, where can you have a leadership role? Right. You know, apply that to your own life. And if you're like, well, Sloan, I do play volleyball and I do want that position. Okay, but you don't know the behind the scenes. You don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, there's a reason. I just believe in, like, divine timing and that there's a reason for everything and that you're on the path that you're on for a reason. So there's a reason why you're not the president right Right. now. right. Like, there is a reason, and you might not be able to see it right now, but, you know, I have a lot of trust in the universe, like, not in a religious way, just in a spiritual, energetic way. Again, like, I'm a science girl, and I just believe in this energy, (laughs) and I see it, and I feel it, and you just have to trust that you're on the right path right now, even if it feels so bad and hard, and you're like, life is so unfair, like, 
yeah, it really is unfair. And sometimes the lessons and the way that those lessons are given to you are not fun and they're really unfair. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's no good reason for this. And you may never know the good reason, but you also don't know what you were being protected from right? or why that is going to help you in the future. Mm. So I definitely agree with, you know, trying to not compare yourself and to recognize that it's going to, like, it's going to happen and you're going to be exposed to this and it's a new setting and everybody you know, did really well in order to get to that school and they had to be competitive to, you know, get the good ACT scores and whatever. But like you got good ACT scores too, whatever they were, they were good enough. So just recognizing everything that you have and being confident and grateful for everything that you have and recognizing that that's enough. It totally is enough. And, and I think, like you said, like we can, we can tap into thinking abundantly and, and being grateful or we cannot. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly think the path to that is mindset. It's literally choosing what thoughts you, you give permission to, to take space in your mind. And, and for our kids who are applying to applying to colleges, some of the, you know, the biggest talk that I hear is that college applications are so stressful and there's so many to do, and it's so mm-hmm. hard to balance. Um, And instead, flipping the script on that would be saying, hey, you have this opportunity to write some really interesting essays that push you to ask some really deep questions about yourself. Um, You know, that stress that you're experiencing in your classes at at, at college or or the, you know, the different dynamics you're going through socially, what are those situations trying to teach you? Um, But we do have to choose to see that. We have to see the lesson and push beyond it instead of letting that situation um, kind of define you for good good or bad. Okay, very good. As as we're wrapping up, we're talking about all these different things, um, and particularly on mindset. Um, I would just love to know some of you know maybe your tips for best practices on how to constantly remind ourselves of these things, whether we're trying to grow in our health or just personally, or just stay on our A game and and be living a vibrant life as as students or whatever we happen to be doing. Um, I would love for you to share some ideas on on what are some practices students can incorporate around their schedule, whether it's journaling or meditation, like beginners yeah. 101. What what might you recommend? Totally. So I think it's really helpful, first of all, to know a little bit more about why language is so mm. por- important and why affirmations work and why we are trying to unlearn and reprogram our subconscious mind because a lot of people are like what is the manifestation and what are you talking about you crazy woman and it's really not that crazy and it's been around forever so just a quick disclaimer like it does work like manifestation works and positive self beliefs as well as the language is really, really important and really, really cool. So you can totally learn more about that on my page or other Instagram accounts. So in terms of practical action item steps, I would say like some sort of morning and night routine. That's kind of the best and easiest way for me to really make sure I'm fitting it in my day. I am obsessed with my morning routine. I used to not be a morning person. I still don't love waking up early, but I read this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And so every single morning, I do a variety of, you know, activities. I stretch, I do a little yoga, and I journal and I meditate and I pick a mantra card. I have like a deck of positive affirmations. So I like kind of using that as the jumping off point for an affirmation to repeat to myself. And Mm. then I just have a, I have so many like running through my head of positive, uplifting mantras that, you know, at first they might feel really foreign and fake and weird to you, but eventually like you're going to reprogram your mind to think in that positive way Mm. as the default, which is really cool, but it takes time and it takes trust in yourself and like in the process. Right. So I would say, you know, for like, you have to also recognize like why anything negative is coming up, which takes like some deep self work. Mm. 
Yes. But it's totally worth it. It can be really uncomfortable to, you know, ask yourself those questions. Like, why is this coming up? Where is this coming from? Like, who taught me this? Mm -hmm. Um, This belief that, like, you know, the way I look determines my value. Like, who taught me that? You know, where did I get that Mm -hmm. from? Um, And then reframing that, for example, as, like, my body is beautiful as it is right now and nothing needs to change. So I do that every single morning and I say it. Sometimes I write it down. And then the third component, which is actually the most important, which a lot of people skip, is actually feeling it. Mm. Like, what does that feel like to fully love your body? What does that feel like to know that you're going to ace your exam that Mm -hmm. you have at 3 p.m.? Like, you just know for sure. What does that feel like? And that's really what manifestation is all about vibrating at the frequency of the positive thing that you're trying to receive. So sometimes I will recommend people write their affirmations, like their favorite ones in the notes section of their phone and program it to pop up as an alert every day or every other day, something like that. That's something that you could do. That's really cool. I've had people make like little boxes of affirmations. Like they'll write some on a piece of paper for themselves and put them in a jar or a box or something and like read one every day. You could get a deck like on Amazon. Um, I have one by Gabby Bernstein. I love her books. And so that's the deck that I use and she has really great affirmations. And, you know, whenever you're having a negative or like a self-limiting belief, anything like that, those thoughts recognize like, okay, we, I'm just like self-sabotaging myself. Mm. And I need to assess, like, where's this coming from? Why is it happening? And then replace it with three positives. For every negative, replace it with three positives. And half the battle is just recognizing that you're having these negative beliefs. And then you can reframe it. So getting better at recognizing. And then at night, like, similar thing. You know, you can think about, okay, like, how was my day? Like, you know, that, that might be the first time that you're lying down. I know that happens to me sometimes. I like not rested all day and I'm like, whoa, okay. Like how was my day? And just remind yourself, give yourself a little pep talk. You have to be your own biggest cheerleader. Like, mm-hmm. of course you have so many people in your life that love you so much, but they have themselves to worry about too. So you can't always rely on those external sources. So be your own cheerleader. Say like, mm-hmm. I had such an amazing day, no matter what happened today was amazing because, you know, I'm here, I'm alive. I have all of these opportunities, this potential to make magic happen in my 24 hours. And these 24 hours were great. And, you know, you can also bring back the positive affirmations then. I think it's a really good thing to do as like an end cap to your day Mm. and then do it again in the morning. Cool. I like, I like that. I, I didn't really think to do a positive affirmation at the end of the day too, because, and that's probably incredible because at the end of the day, it can be easy to feel like you're defined by whatever happened in those 24 hours, whether it was good or, or really great. And being able to reground yourself with, with truth and what you really want to believe, um, is, is a game changer. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that, Sloan. Of um, I really, I really, really hope our listeners listen to this podcast that they re-listen to it um, to soak in all that you shared. Um, but I know that you offer so much content through your social media, through your blog, through your book, through your <laughs> podcast. Um, can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you and learn even more? Of course. So my Instagram handle is kale and cravings with a K. So it's double K. Okay. And my website is kaleandcravings.com. I do have a YouTube channel, but I'm probably going to phase it out because I'm reprioritizing. But if you want to see the videos I have already, I actually have one on my morning routine cool. and some things that you can make in your dorm room. So that's also kale and cravings. The book is called kale and cravings. <laughs> on Amazon and my new podcast is called Get the Glow Down and it's on iTunes, Spotify, and all the Android apps. And then if you want to connect with me further, I do offer coaching and so you can just DM me on Instagram and I do free 15-minute consultations just to chat and get to know each other. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now and there's a lot coming in the next year and I want to do 
do events and more in-person things because I just want to like connect with everybody and actually give people hugs. So that is definitely on the horizon. So cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sloan. I had a great time and, and you shared so much wisdom with us. Um, last rapid fire question that I just thought of, um, if you had a group, if you had the entire, if you had, if you had a group of college students right in front of you right now, maybe from Vanderbilt and you got to go forth and stand on a stage and leave them one message that your four years, which was jam packed because you also started this business and transform so much throughout that process if you could leave them with with one empowering message before you step off what might that be okay so I freaked out for a second because I was like I don't know there are so many (laughs) things but actually I do know because this was something that was really a crucial belief in my very first like beginning phases of my spiritual like quote journey I guess which is the idea to choose love over fear Mm. in every situation and whenever I'm anxious or I'm angry or I'm scared I always try to use the affirmation and this is from Gabby Bernstein this is not me but she says I recognize that I've chosen fear and I Mm. choose again and I choose love and sometimes it's really hard to get out of the fear mindset, but there's always a way to reframe it in terms of love. And that's how I've made like so many of my life decisions being mm. like, all right, is this out of fear and lack or is this out of love and abundance? And I used to be such a head thinker and now I'm such a heart thinker. And personally that just works better for me. So choose love over fear. So good. I don't think we could end on a better note. Thank you so much for your time, Sloan. To everybody following You're so along, welcome. be sure to connect with her. Choose love over fear. Yes. Life is way too short. Yes, yes. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our Real Talk, Listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram, at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.